0: Welcome to Club Core, an interdisciplinary podcast exploring science stories. I'm your host, Dr. Angel Core, an assistant professor of neuroscience at UNC Asheville. Each episode of this podcast is created by undergraduate students enrolled in one of my courses. So join us as we delve into a variety of topics with one simple goal, to get it less wrong. This week, we bring you a story about DMT. Dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, is a psychedelic drug most famous for its use in religious rituals. But can it be used for medicinal purposes? This week, undergraduate senior Matthew Emmerich explores the effect of DMT on the brain, especially in low oxygen conditions. So here is Episode 6, Breathing New Life into DMT.
1: Good day to any listeners, and welcome to a quick trip through the history of dimethyltryptamine, otherwise known as the psychoactive hallucinogen DMT. My name is Matthew, and we're going to spend the next few minutes looking at what DMT is and evaluate a research project by Attila Sabo and his team in Norway that are exploring the possible applications of DMT to protect cells from low-oxygen-causing diseases. Before we're able to go in-depth into Sabo's work, we must start with the basics of DMT. It's a naturally occurring hallucinogen found in many plants and also in small trace amounts within animal tissues as well as the brain. DMT is a very powerful hallucinogen that induces bizarre dream states and other worldly experiences when taken at high doses, as users report. It's used in a variety of religious rituals by South American Amazonian Indians, often brewed into a teen known as ayahuasca, or the vine of the soul. Because of these intense hallucinations, DMT is referred to by users to be an ethanogen or a god-generating substance. It's a white crystalline solid at room temperature that we can now synthesize in labs for use in either research or by your friendly neighborhood drug dealer. On the streets, it's been called Dimitri, the businessman's trip, Fantasia, and likely many other things to code its true name. It's been illegal in most of the world since the early 1970s, and holds very hefty consequences if you're caught trafficking it into the United States. That's up to a life in prison for first-time offenders, just in case you're getting any bright ideas. DMT has a high abuse potential due to its hallucinogenic effects. It's more powerful hallucinations than LSD, and the perceived low-risk profile that comes with less negative side effects than many other common drugs of abuse. So... How does dimethyltryptamine actually work? Why do we hallucinate from it? DMT is called a serotonergic agent, meaning it acts similar to serotonin in the brain, a neurotransmitter that's involved in the regulation of many brain and body functions, including cognition, imagination, memory, mood, sleep, perception, and digestion. When smoked, snorted, or ingested, DMT acts on serotonin receptors and postsynaptic neurons to mimic its effect, far more powerfully. Specifically, DMT acts on the serotonin receptors called 5-HT1 and 5-HT2. Its ability to agonize these receptors at such a rate stronger than other drugs is what research has determined to be the cause of this drug experience. DMT also has an effect on another receptor that makes it different from other hallucinogens, the sigma-1 receptor, one that we're going to be focusing on for a large part of this narrative. Sigma-1 is a transmembrane protein found in different regions of the brain, in immune cells, and other organs, and it controls calcium signaling. Calcium helps to regulate sodium and potassium channels throughout the body, which regulates the speed in which cells fire their impulses or work. Similar to the serotonin receptors, DMT is an agonist of Sigma-1, and it increases its function some studies have previously shown that DMT acting as an agonist to sigma1 can actually protect cells, an idea that Sabo and his team will further explore. Now that we all have a base understanding of our buddy dimethyltryptamine, let's explore Sabo's work. The paper being reviewed is titled, the endogenous hallucinogen and trace amine NN dimethyltryptamine displays potent protective effects against hypoxia via sigma1 receptor activation And human primary IPSC derived cortical neurons and microglia like immune cells. That's a bit of a mouthful. What does it all mean? In a nutshell, they're saying DMT can protect against oxidative stress by acting on the sigma 1 receptors in a variety of different cells. Let's begin our examination. In previous studies, Sabo's team found that sigma 1 is a protein on the mitochondria associated endoplasmic reticulum and it acts to regulate ATP synthesis for energy. During times of physical stress, SIGMA-1 interacts with other receptors and channels to begin an anti-stress response. This information has led to other clinical studies that have shown the involvement of SIGMA-1 in the protection against cancers, pain, addiction, stroke, inflammation, and many neuropsychiatric disorders. These studies suggest that SIGMA-1 has protective effects against hypoxia. Or a decreased oxygen environment as well as protection against neurotoxicity hypoxia is very dangerous to cells as they increase alterations to the function of cells by increasing the expression of certain typically negative genes hypoxia is caused from having too little oxygen throughout the body and can be a result of various lung conditions heart problems anemia and other diseases in their research They hypothesized that DMT could be used to activate sigma-1 to alleviate the effects of hypoxic stress on human cells. In order to test their hypothesis, Sabo used synthesized human-induced pluripotent stem cells, or iPSCs, as well as monocyte-derived macrophages, or MOMACs, and then also monocyte-derived dendritic cells. The two latter are critical immune cells while the induced pluripotent stem cells can be used for cellular details of neurological disorders and can be used as a cell model. The monocytes have been reported to migrate to the brain to control neuroimmune function and protect the central immune system, contributing to the physiological regulation of neural tissue. To begin their study, Sabo obtained the pluripotent stem cells and differentiated them to cerebral cortical neurons. In addition, Blood was obtained from healthy donors and separated to isolate peripheral blood mononuclear cells. These mononuclear blood cells were then taken and purified into healthy monocyte immune cells, which they were then able to differentiate into either those dendritic cells or the macrophages, the immune cells that are involved within the brain. Previous studies by Sabo found that sigma-1 was expressed in human monocyte-derived macrophages and dendritic cells. During cell differentiation from pluripotent stem cells to cortical neurons, they examined how mRNA and protein were expressing sigma-1. They found that these pluripotent stem cells began with very low levels of sigma-1, but as they differentiated into the cortical neurons, sigma-1 increased. After successfully determining the presence of sigma-1 receptors on these neurons, Sabo treated some cells with DMT and placed the cultures into a hypoxic atmosphere of 0.8 5% oxygen, where normal human organs generally receive between 2 and 9% oxygen. After six hours, the cells were examined for survival rates. They found that DMT treated cells had a much higher survival rate in all three cell cases. At a concentration of just 50 micromolars of DMT, neurons had a 65% survival rate from hypoxia, up from only 20% of the control. Both types of monocytes, the macrophages and the dendritic cells had a survival rate of almost 95% at the same 50 micromolar DMT concentration, up from about 80% in the control group. There was no observable difference in survival rates at the concentrations above 50 micromolar. They attempted tests at up to 200 micromolar concentrations of DMT, but there was no change in the survival rate from 50 micromolar, considered to at this point be a therapeutic dose. After successfully showing the presence for sigma1 in each cell type and demonstrating the increased hypoxia survival rates from DMT treatment, Sabo sought to figure out how DMT influences cellular physiology. They looked towards the expression of HIF, the hypoxia inducible factor, and wanted to determine how DMT can affect hypoxic influence through the expression of HIF. HIF is a transcription factor that's active under hypoxia and controls the expression of many genes that induce hypoxic stress. When oxygen is present, HIF is degraded and destroyed. Without, it activates and binds to oxygen-sensitive genes. In particular, HIF has a high affinity for the vascular endothelial growth factor, or VEGF. When VEGF is expressed extensively, hypoxic stress occurs and can lead to further cell death. To test DMT's effect on the activity of HIF, they used a common technique in molecular biology called Western blotting. This technique is employed to detect the expression of specific proteins using activation or silencing, along with the imaging technology of gel electrospheresis, often linking expression and activation in a way that we can visualize. From this, they found that in DMT-treated cells, the activity of HIF was significantly reduced. Additionally, they tested how DMT affects HIF in non-hypoxic conditions, and they found that it only changes HIF expression when in a hypoxic environment. They went on to continue testing the sigma-1 receptor's role in protection in conjunction with DMT. They silenced the genes that control the expression of sigma-1, and in the DMT-treated samples, they found that when sigma-1 is down-regulated, there was a decrease in the treatment effects and an increase in hypoxic stress. This data shows that while DMT reduces HIF expression, it's the sigma-1 receptor and the activation of it from DMT that is the key component to the hypoxic protection. From all this information, Sabo concluded that DMT increases the survival rate of cells in hypoxic environments through the activation of the sigma-1 receptor. They suggest this may be due to a change in mitochondrial functions and thus, a regulation of cellular oxygen metabolism that will protect cells. The activation of the SIGMA-1 receptor from DMT may also change calcium signaling and adjust enzyme functions to promote cellular survival. He suggests that this study can show the role of DMT in neuroregenerative and neurorestorative processes, and that it could also be used in future therapies to protect against hypoxia-related diseases. So, there you have it. After an exclusive groundbreaking study by Sabo and his team, it's strongly suggested that DMT can be used to protect the body against stress from a lack of oxygen. DMT increases sigma 1 receptor function and decreases HIF expression to reduce the amount of hypoxic stress on cells. This can be attributed to a change in calcium and mitochondrial regulation of oxygen metabolism as well as the reduced gene changes that HIF can cause. So, What do you think? Does this intense, God-seeking drug have the potential for advanced medical use? Can we find a way to take a drug that's in the same legal class as methamphetamine or heroin or cocaine and bring it to a more positive life of therapy? Hopefully others, like Sabo, see a potential in further study for the possibilities of DMT or other substances we may not have looked at. With this, we can improve modern medicine. I thank you for taking some time to learn about DMT and its future.
0: Club Core is produced by a multidisciplinary team of students at UNC Asheville. This episode was researched, scripted, and hosted by Matthew Emmerich as part of a 400-level neuropharmacology class project during fall 2016. Sound engineering by Jessica Fox and me, Angel Core. Jessica Fox also wrote our theme music. Special thanks to Caitlin LaHue for scientific fact-checking, and thank you for listening. You can find show notes, including links to the research discussed in this episode, at clubcore.com podcast episode 6. If you liked this episode, please share, subscribe, and review. And if you have a question you'd like us to explore, drop us a line. You can find me, Angel Core, on all the socials at clubcore. We'd love to tell your science stories so we can all get it less wrong. Until next time!